All right, everybody, welcome to Keep Calm and Jiu-Jitsu. Today we're gonna sit down. We're going to do the first ever Keep Calm Heavyweight Grand Prix. Uh, me and a group of three panelists are gonna sit down. We're gonna discuss eight heavyweights. We're gonna build a bracket, and then you're gonna vote on who you think would win, and, and we'll go from there. Uh, criteria for this, everything's personal opinion. We are also taking fighters from any era, and we're gonna use those fighters in their prime physical condition. So whatever year they were a fighter in, we're gonna take their best year, and that's the fighter that's gonna be representing each of us in the tournament. Uh, to start off, I'm Coach Rick of Gracie Baja Hannibal. I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I've trained about a half a dozen other martial arts, and I've been an MMA, UFC, and Pride fan since about 2003. My name is Drew Reed. Uh, I fought MMA for nine and a half years. Um, between unsanctioned and sanctioned fights, I've got over 35 fights under my belt. Uh, and I've just been a uh, MMA enthusiast since the uh, first UFC. So I'm Jordan, and uh, I've trained about 10 years of striking. I did some karate and boxing, and then I wrestled for two years, and I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. No, I'm Gage Brown. Um, I had a buddy in the Navy who was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, and he, he would train me on the side on the ship. That's where my training started. And I, I've got about five years of jiu-jitsu under my belt now, um, and I'm a MMA judge in the state of Missouri. Nice. All right, everybody. Let's go ahead. Let's start with our first pick. We did a random selection earlier. First pick in the draft goes to Drew. Drew, who is your first pick? Well, I'm going to bring somebody from the modern era, um, and uh, there's a lot of reasons behind them, but I'm going to go with Stipe Miocic. Stipe. There we go. Um, you know, I'm going to start off, uh, I'm going to you know, plead my case here. Stipe not only has knockout power, but he also has ridiculous precision. He will hit the same spot on a person time and time again. Um, he's cardio for days. Guy does not ever gas. Um, durability, if you don't think durability-wise, watch the Nugani fight. He, I mean, he took some shots in that. And uh, besides that, he's an everyday American. The guy is a UFC heavyweight champion, um, or was, and even during his run as a champion, he still worked full-time as a firefighter. All right, excellent choice. You mentioned his striking already. We're gonna break everybody down into five categories. Striking, grappling, submission, ground and pound, and athletics. Athletics is our X factor in our broadest uh, category. It covers things from durability, to conditioning, to chin strength, to heart. So that might be a little bit weighted as we go on. Uh, Drew, where would you actually rate Stipe's striking that for you? You know, honestly, I don't think he is the greatest striker in the heavyweight division. Um, but I definitely think he is the most well-rounded, so I'm going to give him a four. Give him a four? Gage, what do you think? I agree. I think Steve Bay's like a, a true MMA fighter. He's good at everything. But a, a four sounds right. Jordan? Uh, yeah, I'd give him a, a, about a four. Four? I, I'm going to go ahead and round that out. Um, I was actually thinking I'm, I'm a little bit more leaning towards a five because I think as, a, as the modern era of heavyweights go, with his precision, his power... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give him a five. He's going to get a five from Rick He's on this one. Quick too, yeah. Yeah. Um, grappling wise, I haven't seen a lot of his grappling. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say I feel like he's average. I'm going to give him a three when it comes to grappling prowess. Drew, um, his takedown defense is pretty good. I've not honestly seen him in a real grappling match though. Um, his match with DC was supposed to be. 
uh, a grappling match from what it was on the paper, but um, you know, with the with the knockout from DC, so I'm gonna have to go with a three on that as well. Jordan, what are you thinking? Uh, I've heard he's a great wrestler, but like you said, we haven't gotten to see it yet. He hasn't really been tested in that department, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and give him a three. Three engage. Well, he took DC down, so you got to be pretty good That's to true. do that. He but, did. but you guys, I mean, he took Nagano down and ground and pound, but that's a different category. So three. Yep. Three. Uh, have we got to see him do any submissions yet, Jordan? Not that I can remember. Probably has. Uh, um, I'm, sure I'm wanting to say early on in his UFC career, he had a submission by. Rear naked choke, but I don't think there's been too many. Um, his stand up is just so good that it doesn't ever get to that point. So, what would you give him for submission, Andrew? I'm gonna go kind of countered on that. I'm gonna go with his submission defense. Um, he has ridiculous submission defense. If you look at his, his issues where he's been the few times that he's ever been put in a situation with a submission, I mean, his defense is stellar. I'm gonna go ahead and give him a three on the submission defense alone. Sub defense. Uh, I'm actually looking at his record right now. He has three losses, none are by submission. He has no wins by submission either. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to give him a two just because we don't know. We don't know what's out there. But that two is just for no, having no losses. But I'm going to take a point away from not having any victories via submission. Fair. Coach Jordan? I think I'm going to agree with that two just because I don't think uh, he's really faced he faced Verdum, uh, but knocked him out pretty quickly once the fight hit the floor. So we didn't see very much, but he did survive on the mat with Verdum inside the guard. So I'm going to give him a three. And Gage, what do you think? Round us I out. I mean, for having as many fights as he does and no submission victories, I'm just, I guess I have to give it a two. Two? All right, now we go into the other part of the ground game, the ground and pound. How much punishment can he deliver on the ground? Man, if you've seen Steve pay on top of somebody, it's brutal. Uh, I'm going to throw a four on that. Four. I'm, I'm going to go, agree with that four. Uh, his hands standing or on the ground are just stellar. Uh, the, the precision carries over in the ground. Agreed. So. Gage, what do you think? I think he's a five in ground and pound. And that's okay. what he did to Francis Nagano. No, and that's a dangerous opponent, too. Yeah. Jordan. I'm also going to give him a five. I think he's super hand-eye core. His hand-eye coordination is great. He's really accurate with his ground and pound, a lot of power and speed. I think he can get a five. There. He stays balanced too. Yeah, yeah. He gets it's, it's almost like he is. You don't see very many fighters who are stand-up fighters who have that amount of comfort on the ground as ground and pound as well. And he just—it's like no matter where he is with his hands, he's just in his zone. And then our final subcategory here is going to be athleticism. It's going to cover heart, chin, durability. Uh, everything I've seen of him, I, I'm going to go ahead and give him a four for, for me. Uh, he seems like a tough dude. Only has a, like three losses on his record, uh, two knockouts, one, or one, uh, one decision. So he knows what he's doing, and he doesn't lose very often. Jordan, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him a five, actually. He's Cleveland tough. He never gets tired. Uh, the speed's there. Power's there. Uh, he's really all-around great heavyweight. Gage? Yeah, I'm giving him a five. Uh, he's, he's fought some of the best guys. And then Francis Nagano drops everybody. 
Except Stipe. So. <laughs> With a raging uppercut, too. Uh, I'm also going to throw a five, if nothing else, for the Nagane fight. I mean, you don't see people take shots from Nagane and survive. Yeah. So it's, it's a big and deal. He keeps I the think. same pace. Yeah, and, he, and it didn't slow. His cardio in that fight, he took some, some severe damage and he did not slow his pace at all. So definitely a five. All right. So Stipe Miocic clocks in at 75 out of 100 for our keep calm score. That's just something so we can kind of keep track of our fighters with us. It's lower than I thought it'd be. Yeah, it is actually lower than I thought it still, I think the submission, the submission is where that, uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. that, that came around. His submission was the weakest. It was the only one not in the double digits yeah. when we did our totals. Um, and really, I mean, he could be a stellar submission artist, but we just He's haven't seen to it. Use it. No, we, yeah. we haven't seen it yet. And we're hoping too soon. So with that, we're going to go to our second pick in the draft, Jordan McCullough. Right, I guess following that up, I'll go with his arch rival, Daniel Cormier. So Good choice. I believe uh, the Olympic wrestling, the distance management on his feet, I feel like DC is going to be one of the obvious choices for the greatest heavyweight of all time. Very nice. Let's go ahead. Let's start in. Uh, Jordan, where do you rank DC's striking? Uh, like I just said, I feel like he's real good at closing the distance. Uh, he stays on the outside just long enough to find his opening, and then he's inside uh, in the clinch beating you up against the cage. So uh, I feel like he's got the power, especially at heavyweight, and then um, he he's very good at his distance management and even his short reach, he's able to use it very well. So I'll give him a five. Uh, Four on his striking. Four on striking. Gage, what do you think? Um, I think he's a, actually an underrated striker because it seems like when you're such a good wrestler, people paint you as that's all you are. But I also think he gets a little too confident in his hands sometimes and abandons the wrestling. So this is going to be the only category I give him something kind of low, but I'm going to go three in striking. Three. I feel like he does have hands for it. I don't know if his training... I feel like he has natural hands. I don't feel like he's put a lot of, I'm sure he's worked on his training, but I feel like most of his training is dedicated towards that, that cage work and that ground game. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give him a three for, for, for my score on striking. Drew? Well, you're 100% right. Some people are just born with heavy hands. And I think you're right, Daniel Cormier. He does have heavy hands. But I don't think technique-wise, the, the best thing he's got is that distancing and picking his shot. So on, on, on just having ring savvy enough alone to be able to pick and choose your shots, I'm gonna give him a four. Yeah, he did knock Stipe out, so. Yeah. I think the footwork and octagon control are something that play a big part in his striking and why I gave him a higher mm -hmm. ranking on that. Uh, well, going into his octagon control, I'm, I actually use that as part of the score. I'm, I'm gonna give him a five in grappling because not only is he Olympic caliber takedowns, he will put you on the cage Clinch. for 25 minutes, and he will just rough you up. Um, it's not always exciting. Do I, do I necessarily want to see? Uh, it's like him and Frank Mir had that exactly. fight. Exactly. A lot of people don't remember that fight. It's yeah. kind of a boring fight. but it it was, You don't remember because it wasn't Frank good. against the cage the whole fight. Which every if you round. hold Frank Mir anywhere, that's yeah. something. That's pretty good. Frank Mir is arguably one of the greatest fight. grapplers that's ever hit the UFC. So He's got the most submission wins in yeah. UFC no. history. And or heavyweight history. Yeah. And DC has fought some submission artists in like a Barnett and Amir. Mm -hmm. Zero submissions on his record. Um, yeah. He's never been tapped, so that's pretty impressive. What do you give his grappling to? 
I mean, when you, you figure somebody of DC's caliber as a grappler, it's not even in the same league as most of the people in MMA in, in the uh, entirety. Um, I'm going to have to give DC a five. I'm not a fan of DC personally, but I can't argue with his skills. I, I'm not a fan. I, I always feel bad for DC because in, in the real world, John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Cormier's the good guy and the hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But for some reason, it doesn't play out that way. Like a guy that has a, a, a checkered past like John Jones is the obviously bad guy here. But they people cheer him and they boo DC out of the arena. Yeah, think, not anymore, though. I think here very recently, he's, he's commentating. People are starting to see more of him and they're like, hey, this guy's a good He's a good guy. guy. Yeah. He, yeah. I, think, I think the problem with it is, is DC's an amazing fighter. But people don't see his personality. Like mm. it's, it, yeah. he's very, he's very droll when he first started his career. It was like, yeah, I thought it was great, and it was like that was it. Like there wasn't a lot of like excitement. And I think now, since he has hit the heavyweight division, and he's actually started really fighting heavyweight again, he's kind of coming into his own as a personality, and people are starting to kind of be like, oh, all right, this guy's not just you know. Put you against the case and holds you there for 25 minutes. Like yeah. He's got more to him. I think that's helping a lot. Well, he's a different fighter. And his commentating role also lets the fans Agreed. get to know him a lot better. And he's great at it. His technical yeah. skill. I'm glad we'll get to see yeah. him around yeah. even after he retires. Yeah. Gage, where do you see his grappling at? Obvious five. Five for you, too? Coach? Definitely a five. Uh, the Olympic wrestling, and then like you said earlier, the cage work. When he when he puts you on the fence, he's got underhooks. You're not moving very much. So, all right. Now we're going to move on to a category. He has five submission wins in his professional record. He has zero submission losses. How are we going to rate his submission game, Gage? Four. I mean, didn't he remake a joke? Rumble. Johnson? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I think he tapped out Henderson too, didn't he? Or was that a decision? I, I think it was a well, decision. He was throwing him around. But he sure. threw him around a lot. I think yeah. just because you don't see it a lot, uh, but from what we have seen, and he's such an experienced grappler, I think his submissions are good. When he's went up against top level submission guys and not got yeah. caught. Hard so. to submit Frank Mir. Yeah. yeah. Jordan? Uh, I'll also say a four. I think uh, his. Top pressure from his grappling opens up a lot of submissions that he's able, easily able to finish. So I think he's got a four in the submission department, department almost solely because of his uh, top pressure. And You're not going to see him throwing up triangles from guard or anything, no. but the submissions that he does do, I'm sure he has. When he's on his back. Yeah, he never. No, I, yeah, he, I've never seen him. Well, John Jones. Jones. That was the yeah, only person. Jones, Jones took him, but Jones has taken everybody down. I, I don't think there's a single person that Jones fought that he hasn't taken down explosively. Explosively, yeah. Like, even just general. Even if, I haven't even seen like him not score a sloppy takedown. Like, he scored a takedown every one of his fights. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, just because we don't see it very often, like, I love Rumble Johnson, but he's notorious for not having a gas tank. I haven't seen a lot of it. Not his, a grappler either. Yeah, yeah his, his, I'm going to give the defense-wise, because I haven't seen the offense, I'm going to give DC a three in the submission world, but I would love to see more. Uh, Drew, finish this out. You can't really say that his submission isn't on point when he fought Frank Mir, didn't get submitted. He fought Barnett, didn't get submitted. Those are two guys who are incredibly strong and incredibly good submission artist. He's got to have a four at the very least strictly because of that. That's fair. 
Now we're gonna go to ground and pound. Drew. See, this is the one spot of DC's game that I don't think he is confident in himself. Um, when he gets on top and he's throwing hands, it's almost, to me, it, it seems like he's doubting what he's doing a little bit. Like, you know, what do, you know. But if you want to take it as against the cage control too, then it's phenomenal. Um, I'm going to give him a three just for the fact that when he's on the ground with ground and pound, I just don't feel like he's confident in himself. Engage. I'm going to give him a four. I don't know if, it, if it's confidence or if he just is so focused on the control because he knows that's what wins over the – even though it's not always fan-friendly, you can win a fight every time if you take a guy down and lay on him the whole round. It wins fights. GSP made a career out yeah. of yeah. <laughs> 20 wins in a row. <laughs> Jordan. I think when it comes to DC's uh, ground and pound, there's definitely strategy to it. He's not putting everything into his punches. He's hitting you uh, as many times as he can, trying to open up for either the choke or trying to keep his pressure. Um, I think he's Sport usually board. looking for that submission, and he's using that ground and pound to open up those submissions. So uh, I'll probably give him uh, a three just because I don't think he uses it much as a finishing tactic, but he uses it to set up the way he likes to finish. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give him a three also. And, and my reasoning is he's, um, he's a smart fighter. He's playing points. He's going to use those strikes. If he can finish a fight striking from the top, I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to reveal his whole hand in round one when he's clipped somebody. He's going to rough him up. This guy isn't necessarily a round one closer. He can, but he's, he gets paid the same whether he finishes them in the first minute or the last minute. Like, I don't think it changes his yeah. paycheck. And I think he, uh, he really steers into I that. I think he, his focus is winning the round, not the fight. Yeah. Like he's not thinking, let's yeah. end it right now, just win this round. And I, th I think you, you hit it right on the head. I don't think DC looks to finish. I think he is, he's one of the few MMA fighters who doesn't have this mentality, I've got to finish the fight. He knows that if he holds you for 25, 30 minutes, he's got to fight, you know? There's he, no way the decision could go the other yeah, way. Yeah, he knows if he has you against the cage or on your back or something for five rounds, there's no way anybody's going to say differently. So I, I do think that he's, he's very much goal-oriented on the end result and not the quick finish. Mm -hmm. All right, now we can move on to athletics. I don't think he's the most athletic-looking heavyweight, but... Man, it's hard to see him tired. I've, I've never seen him tired. I've only seen him wounded when he was uh, Stipe and John Jones. Only two people that have heard him. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to give him a four just on heart, dedication. He seems like a stand-up guy. He seems like a tough guy. I'm, I'm going to give him a four when it comes to uh, everything that our athletics category carries on. Drew? I'm really torn with DC. DC is one of those guys that I don't believe is a true heavyweight. That being said, he doesn't have to be a true heavyweight because he's still competing and winning against true heavyweights. Um, but I'm going to give him a four on his athleticism and just overall. I would give him a five if he was a, a bigger heavyweight and he was you know, a true heavyweight and he had the abilities. I just think that if he ran into somebody who was on par with him with grappling and was stronger then you're really going to see a hole in his game. Um, I think DC's whole game is his grappling. So 
Um, I think if he was a bigger heavyweight, it'd, he'd be probably the greatest heavyweight of all time. Now, here's a would you give him a five at light heavyweight? Oh, definitely. Definitely. At light heavyweight, he's definitely a five. Gage? I'm giving him a five. I think it's that wrestler, that grind mindset he has. And, uh, I mean, the guy cries after he loses. Like, he, the heart, you can't yeah. question the heart. No. And uh, I think he can eat, he's proven he can eat shots. That made me like him more. He showed some yeah. emotion, some real yeah. emotion. It wasn't like fake emotion. It's not a paycheck to him. It's his yeah. Life. That's, yeah. I think that's the thing that, like we were talking about earlier, that's the thing that's finally getting people to like turn towards DC is he's just a pure fighter. Like he loves it. Mm -hmm. This is what he 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 loves what he does. You know, it's not a paycheck. He's not going to Dana White saying I need. Two million dollar contracts and stuff like that. He just he just wants to compete, and, and he acts grateful too for yeah, his life. Yeah, like he's just he's one of those guys that I think genuinely loves the sport. Mm -hmm. Coach Jordan, take us home. Uh, I'm definitely going to give him a four. Uh, Gage talked about his mental toughness earlier. Just that he'll he'll never stop in a fight. He's going to keep coming. Um, and then also his cardio, the pace that he pushes, once he gets you up against the cage, he's not gonna stop, he's not gonna let up. Um, I think that all uh, rounds into about a four for DC. Why the four and not the five, just curious. Um, like what do you see as like maybe the... He, he's a shorter heavyweight. I feel like at heavyweight, being under six foot probably is a disadvantage. He's learned to use it very well with the reach that he does have. But uh, I still think that does give him a little bit of a disadvantage. In Just not as naturally athletes. gifted as like exactly. Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Yeah. Unless I'm, I'm light heavyweight. What would you give him as light heavyweight on that? Uh, probably a five. Yep. So, yeah. so uh, for our second pick in our draft, Daniel Cormier ranks in at 79 out of 100 on our Keep Calm score. So that's yeah. – uh, Pretty even. That's a fight we're going to get to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, October. Rubber, yeah the rubber match. Yeah, so, in yeah. October, so that should be something. DC wins, retires, and uh, I think yeah, if DC wins, off. he does retire. I think that's. I think he retires either way. Um, I think if he, I think the only thing that'll keep him in the fight game after the Stipe fight is that hope to beat John Jones at heavyweight. At heavyweight, yeah. I think, because Jones has mentioned that he's uh, he's considering moving up to heavyweight. Yeah. Um, well, he, he says he'll fight Francis. So yeah. Hey, and, and, and that's and that's. So I think if I think if Jones, even if even if DC retires, I think if Jones moves up to heavyweight, we'll see another fight. Yeah. I would like to see DC and Francis. That I I would like to see if he can do what Stipe did, well, but better. Better, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, better. I, I, exactly. I don't know. That's an exciting fight. fight. Yeah. No, I don't think so. so. My only issue but with that Francis is always has a shot. He does. Oh, he's always. got the best puncher's chance in the game. Exactly. Yeah. The, that, and that's why I don't think I don't think Cormier can take the abuse to Stipe can. I really don't. I think he would close the distance. Before I think he, he took the. Yes, the I, I thought Cain Velasquez would use his grappling a lot better, and that didn't work for Cain. Yeah, yeah it's not the same Cain so, Velasquez. Yeah, Cain is not the same. That, that's true. Yeah. He is not. Um, but I think he gave out too. You see that? Or yeah, I think if Francis, I, said it was I think if he catches like DC both. though. I mean, oh, yeah. if he catches DC with one of those shots that he caught Stipe with, I don't think DC agree, has it yeah. to stop. Stipe's I, I, got the better chin. Stipe's chin is, I think you could hit him with a truck and he'd still be, like, walk yeah. through it, man. He's just Cleveland tough, man. Like, he's just ridiculous. Well, as we move on to... <laughs> we move on to the third pick in the draft, and it's my pick, and it's fun that we brought him up. 
I'm going with DC's training partner, Kane Velasquez, yep. is my pick. Go, who will go down in history, I believe, as one of the top ten greatest UFC heavyweights. I, I, I also think so. I, I feel like he's a top five fighter. Um, At least top ten, but I can see top five, yeah, because he, he, he was super dominant for a long time. I love Kane. He was. Um, professional record of 14-3, and three, what it came down to. Uh, we'll just go ahead. I'll start off. Um, I feel like his striking, he didn't have crazy power, but he was the power that he had had laser focus, uh, really awesome precision. He was very disciplined when it came to striking. And as his career moved on, like the Czech Congo fight, that, that was a rough fight for him because he didn't have his striking yet. By the time he got to the Nogueras and uh, JDS the second and third time, mm -hmm. that's where his striking really shot on. I'm going to give him a four when it comes to just striking. Jordan, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give him a four simply because the pace. Again, he would just mm -hmm. he he wouldn't try to knock you out with one shot. He would kind of Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz style, hit you as many times as he could to make your power bar go down mm -hmm. as quick as possible. So uh, I'll give him a four just because of the pace and the speed he would. I'll give him a four as well. I mean, he, for a big guy, he even throws like spinning wheel kicks and stuff, and they, they look good. They mm -hmm. don't look awkward like if Brock Lesnar was trying to throw it. So, <laughs> I think Kane's a, a good striker, yeah. Um, if you look at Kane's record, he's got out of his 14 wins, 12 are by TKO. Mm -hmm. So the dude's got hands. I mean, yep. in some way, shape, or form, he's going to put hands on you. And I think you're right. He is not a knockout artist by power. He is a knockout artist by precision. Um, so I'm definitely going to give him a four as well. All right. Then we go into grappling. Gage, where do you rank DC's training partner? Man, I mean, there's legends uh, like DC. They all talk about him. Like his top pressure is like no other. So I'm torn between a four and a five. But I think as a wrestler, he doesn't really submit people, but a five in grappling, I think. And Jordan? I agree. I think he's a five. Uh, I think him and DC wrestle in the room every day together. And when they Khabib. were in their prime with Khabib, uh, Luke, Rockhold. Luke Rockhold, that kind of top pressure, those guys were iron sharpens iron every single day. I think he's definitely worth a five in grappling. I feel like he might be one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of the heavyweight division. Uh, that's, why, that's one of the reasons why I picked him. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give him a five, selfishly, but I I think he's probably the best, the best wrestler in the history of the heavyweight division. Drew, um, if if you want to talk about like you said, iron sharpening iron, that training camp, I mean, you've got a murderer's row of grapplers there. There's no way Kane's on a five. This is a dumb question, but. He had to have been a collegiate wrestler, right? Or is he just an MMA wrestler? Uh, you know, I think... I think he was a wrestler, but I think... Like it was GSP like a, didn't wrestle in college. No, GSP he's, just picked up. Yeah, he's I awesome, think man. Kane yeah. wrestled. Um, sure, most of them do. Now, I don't think it ever went like DC, Lesnar, yeah. like, you know, like that kind of knowledge of it. But um, I think he definitely... I think he's just a natural at it. I think he just... Um, Arizona, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, his first year, he wrestled for Iowa Central, and he won uh, the national championship in the heavyweight division. Okay, yeah, that's a, 
He yeah. later yeah. went on to wrestle for uh, Arizona State, and he had an 86 and 17, placing fifth in 2005, fourth in 2006. Okay, yeah, he's a stud. So he's, yeah, he, he's a stud wrestler, yeah. And he also has a bachelor's degree in interdisciplinary studies. What is that? I don't well, know. Yeah. <laughs> interdisciplinary studies to me just sounds like he holds you down and yells at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> Let's get in to where I think is going to be the weakest point of, of my draft pick, his submission game. He only has one submission loss, and it was to Verdum. Which is not... But, <laughs> you, you can't be upset about that. It was Verdum. No, you know. but he has he no submission wins. He has no wins, yeah. I just looked that up. Via submission. Gage, what do you think? Uh, yeah. It, it's a hard category to score, kind of, because they're obviously you have to be good at it defending them. But I'm kind of basing it more off of do you submit people? I guess that's where my head's kind of. So I mm-hmm. two, uh, three. I, that's I'm also going to put it as a three, just yeah. because he avoided a lot of submission attempts. I mean, he got caught by Verdun. Verdun was winning that fight standing, and it was a bad shot. Uh, bad shot from he didn't have his cardio. It wasn't his fight that led to that submission, but also Verdun's amazing skill kicked in. Yeah. Drew. I'm actually going to go lower. I'm going to go with a two for the simple fact that I don't think it's his submission that keeps him from being submitted. I think it's his grapplings and his presence on the mat. Because if you watch some of the times where he's being uh, threatened with a submission, it's not so much technical that he avoids it. It's, okay, if you put a wrestler on their back, instinct is, I'm going to get to my feet. And when I see... Kane be threatened with submission, that's what comes into my mind. Not somebody who is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you know, walking it through. It seems like it's more of a wrestling instinct, a grappling instinct. Jordan? Um, I'm also going to give him a two just because I feel like that's an area that he uh, doesn't focus on a ton. He has been submitted. Of course, it was Verdum. Um, but I feel like he, he definitely focuses on the pace and the ground and pound once he gets you to the mat. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a two for his submissions. Are you brought up ground and pound? Where do you rank Cain Velasquez on ground and pound? Uh, I'll definitely give him a four for sure. Um, I don't know if it's the devastating punching power, um, that some of the other heavyweights have, but he's... Like I've been saying over and over again, Cardio Kane, he brings a pace that nobody else can match, and he's going to hit you over and over and over again until the ref holds him off. So I'm going to say five. I think that's about as bad as it gets, a heavyweight, to be on top of you. I'm going to agree at five. Um, if you watch Kane get on top of somebody, and it doesn't necessarily mean mount. Like, he can do damage from side control. He can do damage from... I mean, it doesn't matter. If he is anywhere close to being on top of you, you're having a bad day. (laughs) I mean... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with... I'm going to give him a four because I feel like he was a cumulative ground striker. I don't feel like he had that that just rock you nasty like Mark Coleman power. But I I feel like he he has a lot of TKO finishes. And they're from... They're going to be from the ground and pound. Either he dropped you standing or he took you down and got into a, a better position. And now we're going to go to the athleticism, the heart, the chin, the 
the durability cardio drew cardio came i mean there's not there's very few heavyweights that push the pace like kane velasquez uh, he is one of those guys that even if he's on top of you or has you against the cage or something he's working it's not him just holding you there i mean he's always moving he's always looking for position i'm gonna give him a five yeah, five for the same reasons. Cardio, just endurance. Uh, I'll go with a five, too. I think he's cut from the same cloth as DC. They both have that mental toughness, that grit to them that wrestling breeds. Um, and I think he's a little bit bigger than DC, maybe. So, True heavyweight, for uh, sure. Yeah, he's fought his entire career at heavyweight. So um, I'll give him a five in that category. I want to give him a five because, of course, he was my pick. I'm going to give him a four, and that's because um, he's claimed that his worst performances were because uh, of injuries or other things that happened outside of the cage coming into it. Uh, just for not protecting himself and maybe his career as much as he should, I'm going to give him a four. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, he had, he had one knee in their first fight on Fox. It was like a one-minute fight, and it was devastating. Uh, he wasn't prepared to go into Mexico with Verdun. He said that himself. And uh, I don't know the, uh, the fight with Francis. I don't know how that... I, I watched it. It was nasty. I don't know if he was at 100% and if he should have been in, in the... Too many injuries, I think, yeah. have led up to where he's at now. Yeah. His career was, was snake bit with injuries. Yeah, for sure. So that's going to give us a grand total of... 83 out of 100 on our keep calm score. Yeah. Gage, did you have something to say, buddy? No. Okay. So um, going with what you said about uh, prone to injuries, I think uh, if you look at the fights that Kane had his whole career, you can kind of see. I mean, he takes he does he's taking some abuse. I mean, he's not he's not so much like DC where he doesn't take the abuse. There for a while came, I mean, he'd get beat up pretty, pretty hard. So I think that's, I mean, that's a very good analogy. He probably just has taken so much damage over his career that, you know, he's actually prone when that happens. All right, we are getting into our halfway point in our draft. Gage, who is your pick in the draft? Well, since we're kind of uh, already on the trend of picking somebody's rival arch nemesis, I'm going to go with Fabrizio Verdun. Verdun. Good choice. And... Well, I guess we can get into it, but just the fact that he's taken out some of the best heavyweights. Like, if you look at the people he's beaten, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, so, submitting um, Fedor in the first round. How do you rate his striking? Man, they look pretty good against Cain Velasquez. Um, he's definitely a grappler. Well, probably the best jiu-jitsu in the heavyweight division, him or Frank Mir. But, um, a three in striking. He, you can't judge Verdum off his last fight with, uh, what's that guy's name, Olyanik? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Verdum was on that, that suspension for steroids, which has its own thing. And then he looked slow, and he just looked bad in his last fight. So, but prime Verdum yeah. is a pretty good striker. When he knocked out um, Mark Hunt, flying knee, yeah. Yeah. for the interim title. Yeah, yeah you're right. So. And Travis Brown, he pieced him up. Yeah, I mean, me and Drew both made yeah, the same pace when Joe was down. Well. Well. Yeah. And he I mean, throws, that, throws that crazy kick right off the... Yeah. 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 Like, if it lands once, it's, it's paid for itself. 
I mean, uh, you look at the friggin' crank kick, like, and it worked once. Yeah. <laughs> well worth it. <laughs> Jordan, where do you rank his uh, stand-up skill? Um, I'll actually give him a four in his stand-up, just for the the fact that I feel like he's so comfortable with his jujitsu and confident in it that he's able to let the kicks and the knees go way more than a lot of other heavyweights. He's not worried about being taken down. He knows he has good good submissions on the way down, so he's able to open up with his kicks a lot more. He's got good straight punches, and he's a huge, he's a big heavyweight, so he's definitely got some power. Drew? See, I'm kind of torn, because I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with you. He's so comfortable. You know, he falls down off a kick. What's it going to hurt him, you know? But I think accuracy and power-wise, that he's not there with a lot of the other heavyweights. Um, I'm going to give him a three. I'm, I was actually going to give him a three. Uh, Jordan, way you just stated that, I'm, I'm going to bump that up to a four, and I'm going to agree with you. Uh, because, yeah, if, I, if I'm Fabricio Verdum and I throw a kick and you catch it, oh, no, I'm on my back now. Oh, no, I, I'm in guard now. Oh, what a shame. He has nothing to lose in, in most situations. He has nothing to lose right. throwing up a, a stupid flying knee or, or a sidekick or something crazy. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Down Mark Hunt with a spinning wheel. Yeah. 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 I mean, so. if, you, if, if you say you marked up, you knocked out Mark Hunt with anything yeah. shy of a baseball yeah. bat, I'm going to give you some props. Yeah. And I, depends Bonus on points the, for the spinning wheel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Now we get into uh, grappling. Drew, where That's do you a five. That's a five, right? I mean, you can't even argue. And if you, if, I know people talk about, you know, his last fight, you know, but you can't base it on that. I mean, his career has been, I mean, he's submitted the unsubmittable. He's, you know, he's grappled the ungrappable. I mean, he is the quintessential heavyweight grappler all around. Gage? Yeah, five for sure. And, uh, I mean, he, he has a decorated jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. competition record as well, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's so many world jiu-jitsu champion. tournaments. But, yeah, world champion in what? Like, what? Like, IBJJF, the world champion. Yeah, that's <laughs> all that matters, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just, his, his, like we've said, with the striking, what does he have to lose? <laughs> I'm sure he can wrestle, too. Like, I don't really know much. Well, um, we're kind of looking here. Um, his submission grappling 2004 IBJJF World Champion, uh, 2003 Absolute Bronze Medalist, 2003 Gold Medalist in the World Jiu-Jitsu Championship, Pan Ams, Absolute Silver. Uh, I mean, these are super high level, and these are yeah. absolutes too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, he's probably one of the bigger guys in the absolute division. But, but still. That's pretty impressive. Like, and uh, there's probably a dozen listed yeah, here I, I think, for his accomplishments. You know, if you're talking about just Sheer pedigree, I think Renoum is probably it. He's probably the standard of grappler mm-hmm. in the heavyweight division. Yeah. I love seeing elite jiu-jitsu guys do well in MMA too. Yep. I'm so biased towards jiu-jitsu. <laughs> well, it's it's hard for him though because, man, I I always put like the really high-level jiu-jitsu guys are like um, the Damian Mayas and stuff, and they're so good on the ground that people just like that's all they train. Yeah. And then like, oh, because if I can't get you to the ground, I can't win now. You know, that's when Damien Maya's been embarrassed, is yeah. guys that he couldn't drag to the ground. He Connor couldn't. Woodley, yeah. 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 Like, you know, guys. He's a dying like, breed. The specialists are a, a yeah. dying breed. And, I, and we touched on that earlier. It's, it's becoming the point where MMA is its own martial art. 
Like mm-hmm. it's it's becoming its own criteria. Jordan, where do you rank Fabricio's grappling? Uh, definitely a five. I'll jump right on board with that. Uh, one of the highest level black belts in all of MMA, let alone the heavyweight division, which uh, lacks heavyweight jujitsu. So um, he's definitely five out of five on grappling. I was really tempted to give him a four because I don't see a lot of takedown skill out of him. But that's you guys have swayed me over the last couple conversations. I'm going to go ahead and give him a five also. He finds a way to get to the ground somehow. Well, and reversals and counters on the ground. Yeah, I, don't he, see, I don't see him submit from the top position very often either. No, he no. likes he you likes take to, him down and he falls into his guard. He's got guillotines, he's got arm bars, triangles. He's which nasty from the guard. People look at grappling all the time as either takedowns or takedown defense. But to me, grappling is also positioning. Where you're going to set yourself, um, because being a submission artist is great, but if you can't get to the position that you need to be in to secure said submission, then I mean, what's what good is it? And I think Berdoom, he puts himself where he wants to, whether you want him or not. Like he's there. He has a plan to get yeah. where he wants to go. So yeah. people's oh, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. They say the guard is dead in MMA, but he would no. beg to differ. Yeah, I think he, he was definitely well. So I haven't I haven't heard that very much, but like I go like Cer- yeah I go like yeah. Cerrone and but that's also like the an old guard yeah. Cerrone's well, towards the end of right. his career now. And, and not to go on too much of a tangent, but MMA doesn't necessarily cater to jujitsu very well. Five minutes isn't always a lot. Of, if it was no. one fifteen minute round, you would see more submissions. Yes. But once you get stood up, now you got to go through all that work to get back. Got to get back to where and you, you have work. a lot of so you have a lot jiu-jitsu. of referees who don't understand jujitsu. Or they stand them up before what it is, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you haven't done, you haven't moved in thirty seconds. You got to stand up." So I completely. Agree they did that to Damian Maya with yeah. Covington. He yeah. finally had like Covington in a clinch or something, yep. and they broke it up. It's like yeah. he just they he just took away his his like his. You know, I blame the fans on that. I blame the fans because there's so many fans who yeah, the ref uh, get influenced by the booing. Yeah, they're, they're like, well, they're they're sycophantic fans that only care about. I hate MMA fans. They're, they're, they only care about, oh, I want to see a knockout. I want to see somebody bleed. To me, that's not MMA. MMA is everything, you know. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, if it, was, if it was the old style UFC where you had unlimited time yep. to just end the fight, you'd see so many more submissions. When Jiu-Jitsu did Yeah, win. when it was Jiu-Jitsu yeah. was yeah. steamrolled everybody. Yeah. So now are we on to a point that's even, like, Redundant. We're on his submission skills here. It, yeah, it's a five. Just put a five down. <laughs> you know what? Give, yeah. give him an eight. Give him an yeah. eight. <laughs> um, He's just ridiculous. Fedor now, round one. I mean, triangle yeah, choke. That's mean, that's where I'm. Fedor and Cain Velasquez in round yeah. one. Or I don't think I don't think Cain was round one, but he's still still. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if we look at the laundry list of people that he's... I, I think he had With 11. Cain, though, his striking was as impressive as his grappling. Well, that's what yeah, set up that. Yeah. yeah. Which... Kane saying he wasn't ready for that fight, I do kind of believe it because it doesn't seem like we're doing should be able to outstrike him. I don't really buy the whole altitude thing. I don't know. I think that's silly. Well, we look at like some rock stars that he's he submitted Kane Velasquez. He submitted um, Antonio Noguera. That's huge. That's, I kind of hope yeah. he gets brought up. Too. Fedor. Like he submitted Fedor. Um, if Fedor was still like just out of his prime maybe then. Like he was definitely not old by any like he was still and this might be... Um, it was a good Fedor still, not a Bellator Fedor. Alexander Emilianko. He might be the only person to ever submit both 
uh, Amelia Amelia Anko's. Anko's. Even though Alexander's not a grappler, really, but still. No. still I mean, that's he, a, that's he a got there on his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he owns a submission victory over Alistair Overeem via Kimura. Yeah. And Overeem is actually a better grappler than people he is. credit for. He, oh, top he, shelf. When he was uh, pre, pre-UFC, he demonstrated that. Mm-hmm. A submission went over Vitor Belfort in Pride. Yeah. At light heavyweight. That's that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. guillotine. I didn't yeah. know that. You told me that the other day. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dutch Chocolate. I hope he gets brought Dutch up later chocolate. on. He's <laughs> so, he There's all so kinds of guys I want to get brought up. but uh, In a 16-man tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> like, I, four takes me easy, yeah. All right. Now let's get on to um, the ground and pound of our doom. Let's go ahead. Let's lead off with Jordan. Weird one, yeah, that's a really tough one. Uh Like I said, I haven't seen him in a top position very often. Um, and I also don't see him throwing. He may throw strikes from the guard. I'm not, I, I can't really remember right now. So I'm not going to definitively say that. Um, but I'm just going to give him a three because I think he could, he could throw strikes off of his back, but I don't see him doing it from top position very much. And I don't think he's ever finished a fight. With ground and pound, I'm he has sure. a couple TKOs on here, but it doesn't—it doesn't tell me how exactly Maybe they were set TKOs. Him up from the feet then, yeah, because yeah. his striking has evolved a lot right. in his career. Yeah, Gage, where do you put his ground and pound? Yeah, probably a three. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's good at it. I wouldn't want him on top of me, but I think his, his mindset isn't ground and pound. His mindset is like um, maybe throw a couple strikes. He's looking for the submission opening though. I completely agree. I'm gonna give him a three. Um, I I think if he is throwing strikes. It's a setup. It's not anything to do with him trying to cause damage or even get points, in my opinion. I think it's strictly to set up that submission. Uh, I, I think he's going to strike to pass and pass the strike. I think I'm going to give him a three also. And then we're going to get into the athletic X-Factor part. Drew. I mean, sometimes Verdun shows up and he looks phenomenal. Other times he shows up and he looks like your uncle at a barbecue. Yeah. So I don't think athleticism, physical athleticism and appearance is what he's going for. But I've also never seen Verdun gas. So how much did steroids play a role? We don't know how much yeah. of his he was on steroids. Yeah, and that's a, that's kind of an X factor there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give him a four, just because I've never seen him gas. Fair, Jordan. Uh, I'm going to give him a three. Uh, I think he was so talented in the jujitsu aspect that um, uh, I'm not sure he trained as hard as he could have or was as dedicated as um, maybe some of the other heavyweights. So I think his his technical jujitsu skill took him a long ways, but um, dedicating himself to his, his conditioning, his all the athletic attributes I don't think was quite there all the time, so. I'm, I'm going to agree with the three. Uh, mine is his, he's about 50-50 when it comes to going to decision. He's six, six wins, six losses at decision. He's breaking even right now. Um, if he could have, if I could have seen a seven and six, or if I could have saw six and seven, I'm gonna keep it right in the middle with that three. Gage, take us home. So with this category, we have to be strict and very, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but 
um, these guys are all stud athletes. So if you compared yeah. them to regular people, they'd oh, yeah. all be fives. Yes. But in context, you compare Fabricio to Kane. Um, since I gave him a three on the striking, which was kind of low, I'm going to go four. Four. All right. So, but, but Verdum, we know, uh, legacy-wise, has cemented himself as one of the greatest of all time. Just, just in like the small list, uh, Noguera, Overeen, Velasquez, Fedor. I mean, those are those are four wins that nobody else has. Yeah. Those are four submission wins. And those that are all people else you has. could make the argument as the best heavyweight too. So yeah. So on any given night, he can submit any heavyweight on the planet. Well, if you put Verdum and the, those four people that I just listed, that could be the arguably. That could be the Mount Rushmore. And that could be a list of the five best heavyweight fighters of all time. Like, you don't necessarily know. So, Fabricio Verdum clocks in at 80 out of 100. Nice. So, Kane's still the highest. The Kane is still technically the highest, but. We're all sitting pretty comfortably here. Right around that 70 to 80 mark. Yeah, 75 to 83. So no one's really broken in yet. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to get back with you here in a few minutes. Keep calm in jiu-jitsu. All right, we're starting off round number five. Gage, it's to you. All right, there's a lot of people that I, I want to get mentioned. Like, I want Brock Lesnar to get mentioned, just so we can talk about him. I want Francis. I want Overeem. And this guy... Most fighters, most sports, you, you pick the athletes from today, the most modern or the best. Fedor is the exception. I've got to talk about Fedor. That's fair. He, he was the elephant in the room. He was coming up one way or another. Yeah. Where do you put Fedor striking? It'd be easy just to give everybody a high number. I'm trying to be pretty um, conservative with my, my numbers. And I think his striking actually, he, he gets kind of sloppy sometimes. He throws like big, wide. I think he's a better grappler than striker, so I'm going to actually three. Three? Jordan? Uh, I'm not super familiar with the entire career of Fedor, so. Um, <laughs> Bless me. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to kind of, I know he's very well-rounded. He was one of the first heavyweights to really have a complete game. Um, I'm also going to give him a three because I've probably heard the, the least about his striking. So I know he's got good hands, and even later in his career, he's carried power. But I've all, always heard more about his grappling ability. So go with three. I think I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and also go three. Uh, I, he, was a, he was a super proficient striker. I am not saying anything bad about his striking. It's just uh, most of his wins are via TKO. So... He was an average or above average striker to get it to the ground. Clinch, takedown. But then he finished. TKO. He finished more on the ground. I'm going to give him a three. Two. Oh. Uh, just, just like was mentioned, he gets sloppy. Um, the times that he's been rocked in a fight are because he comes out with these really wide looping shots. He and if you watch his fights, he doesn't care to cover his face very often. Hands are down. His wide. hands are down. Um, I kind of take a little different aspect of striking. I do the whole thing, not just damage dealt, but um, coverage, technique, and all that. I think he's a crappy striker. Yeah. We'll never know how he would fare yeah. against modern day. Yeah, and modern, you know, I'm not saying that he, maybe he was a great striker, but from what I've always seen, he was very sloppy. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Krokop, though. 
He did. That's true. Well, that's just because he can take a beating. That's true. Well, and when we're looking at his official record, um, he's 39 and 6. He has 15 knockouts, 15 submissions, and 9 decisions. Uh, he's lost five times by knockout, once to submission to Verdum, and he's never lost a decision. He has won no contest. Uh, I want to say that might have been against Mirko. I can't, I can't remember. That record, though, is almost uh, uh, some of those losses are from like the past three years. Well, he was, undefe- yeah, he was undefeated for yeah. 10 years. That's a, um, that it's, run will never be – there will be another heavyweight run like that again. Never no. Well, in that run, I mean, since we're here, his no contest was with um, Noguera. Yeah. Was with, with Big Nog. That's when no, Big Nog was, like, considered the best heavyweight on the planet. But, yeah, we're here. His, uh, his first loss was in December of 2000. His next loss is not until June of 2010. Was that Dan Henderson knocking him out? Uh, Fabricio Verdun. Okay. He had a three-fight skid. Um, Fabricio Verdun. Dan Henderson and Antonio Silva, Bigfoot. Yeah, knocked him out, I think. It's when he came to America. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but. He's got heavy hands. Just where we're here, though. uh, Renato Sobral, that's that's a name. Heath Herring, Antonio Noguera, Gary Goodridge, Mark Coleman, Kevin Randleman. Mark Hunt, I think. uh, Mark Hunt, Mirko Krokop, Mark Coleman again, Matt Lindland, um, Tim Sylvia, Andre Arlovsky. I mean, yeah, those Andre are, is still fighting. Those are some good. Well, yeah, he definitely he yeah. he has tore he in. He destroyed Tim Sylvia too, and that was his argument that he could. Granted, UFC heavyweight was kind of garbage back then, but he destroyed Tim Sylvia. Well, and he has a victory yeah, over Pedro Hizo, um, Frank Mir, Chael Sonnen, and he just got a victory over Rampage Jackson in December of last year. Yeah, he just ah, beat Chael. Yeah, I was at that fight. It was in Chicago. Yeah, TKO punches. Yeah. Mir actually dropped him. But then he got a, uh, a little too, like, wanted to just keep striking when he should have used jiu-jitsu and got on. Mir was... He let Fedor get back up. And Mir was going to be one of my people. And then I had to remember that Mir forgets that he's Frank Mir. <laughs> he, he gets too confident <laughs> yeah, hands, he, yeah. He, he thinks that... He's a boxer. He's a boxer and a kickboxer. Mm-hmm. And he forgets that he is a jiu-jitsu practitioner and so stick with it, so... And I love uh, Frank Mir. Yeah, I love Frank Mir. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. He's one of the guys that made me want to train jiu-jitsu. What was that about Bigfoot? He did knock out Bigfoot with his hands, so. though. Well, it's 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 Bigfoot Silva. Yeah. I don't know. Bigfoot <laughs> can take it. Did you yeah. watch the Mark Hunt Bigfoot? I no. did. I watched the first one where he he uh, failed his drug test yeah, afterward yeah. and it was a no contest. The second yeah. one went a lot differently. Yeah. But I'm not. A, if you couldn't guess, I'm not a fan of Bigfoot Silva. Just <laughs> 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 stop that. I feel like he is. Um, he got in due to his size and his look, and he's gotten lucky a couple times. And the Nick. Dude, that fight with Mark Hunt was amazing, <laughs> that, though. That was but he was, he was on juice, though. Like, it just totally erased <laughs> it, like, for me. Like, he's still on Yeah, except for Mark Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> he's the only one that can pass a drug test. You know, if, if Mark Hunt ever comes up positive for steroids, I'll probably quit watching MMA. I'm done. <laughs> That's <laughs> his whole thing. Like, he's <laughs> the guy that always has to fight all these juiced yeah. up yeah. Like, He just doesn't care, and he still puts a fight up against them, yeah. too. All right, let's get back to uh, Fedor's grappling skills. Uh, Drew, when do you see Fedor's grappling? I'm not a Fedor fan. I never have been. You guys are killing me. He <laughs> definitely has at least a four on that grappling. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on the grappling sense. I think it's a four. He used um, his, his average or slightly better than average striking to set up his grapples. Throws constantly. Um, takedown defense was excellent. I'm, I'm going to give him a four. Jordan? 
Uh, I'm gonna go with a four also. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about his Sambo background, and I think that really helped him uh, push the ca- push the fight to the cage, then take it to the ground and finish with yeah. some submission. Because really, he was the first Sambo fighter that actually was a big deal. So that was a, that was unknown to people. Yeah. There is no cage in Fedor's yeah, band, yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I know you're saying no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. A, he gets the clinch yeah. and works from there. So does Khabib. Yeah. Must yep. be a Sambo thing. Yeah. I Sambo, whatever. It's it's wrestling. It's jujitsu. It's judo. I don't care if they call it combat Sambo or not. It's he's an obvious five. You guys are you guys are killing me with Fedor. Well, now we're gonna go to his submission, and I'm actually gonna back gauge up with the last five that he got. I'm gonna give him a five in submission. Uh, I mean, you you have 39 wins. You know, 15 or via submission, and then the other one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give him that five. Uh, he obviously knew enough to have that 10-year run of just unstoppable. Gage. Five. Sure. Uh, he loves Kimuras. He loves arm bars. His arm mm-hmm. bar from guard. Like he's not just a top pressure wrestler. Like. Uh, like people think of with Khabib and other Sambo guys. He has a good guard. Who's that big, giant Asian guy? Humen Choi? Humen Choi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he extended Fedor out. Fedor still hung on and went belly down and finished the armbar. Yeah. Some yeah. of the best submission skills in awesome belly, Awesome armbar on Fedor. You got to give it from from a non-jujitsu guy for having a good guard game. Yeah, but I think Sambo is jujitsu and judo. Well, it, it's all... They have um, ancient Greek statues of people doing kimuras and stuff. Yeah. Like grappling hasn't really changed that much. Uh, There's only so many ways to manipulate the human body. Well, it's like and if it works, don't. If it's not broken, fix it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, they thought barambolo was like this really new thing in jujitsu a couple years, and then they're looking through like some old stuff from like the early 1910s. And there's like drawings of people doing barambolos. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like what old is new again. It it'll recycle itself, mm-hmm. um, even if it at the core it's not. Super popular. I feel like Monday, a uh, grappling. Yeah. Well, leg locks. Catch wrestlers are like, hello, we've been doing <laughs> yeah. these for a long time. I've been yeah. ripping people's legs off for years. They said. And yeah. Toe holds in. Jordan. I think the only thing that could hurt uh, Fedor's uh, rating would be his loss to Verdum. But of course, it is it is Verdum, and we talked earlier about the high level jujitsu that he brings to the table. So I will still give Fedor a five. Um, and he had just he knocked Verdum down too, and I think he got a little bloodthirsty and, and jumped in Verdum's guard. Um, he just knocked him down. Even not being a fan, I can't argue with the fact that Fedor is a submission machine. So I will go with five. Um, I think. Part of that with his submissions is the fact that Fedor is very unorthodox with the way he approaches some submissions. He sets things up from angles that a lot of people had never seen at the time. Now we're going to jump in to our ground and pound. Gage, where do you rate him? Also a five. 15 TKO wins or knockout wins. Most of those are going to be... From either a, a takedown and finish it with his hands, or it's going to be a knockdown. So I, he hits hard. That's what you, even a, a, an old Fedor whose chin has deteriorated, he gets dropped easy now, which is kind of hard to watch mm-hmm. for a fan like myself. But um, Chael was like, "That's 
some of the hardest of it. Hardest shots I've ever taken was from Fedor. I'm carrying power. Yeah, and speed. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'm gonna give him a four just because, uh, like I said earlier, I'm not super familiar and I don't feel like handing out fives. Um, but I will give him a four because I have heard and seen uh, a lot about his ground and pound ability and I know that the power is there even late in his career. So I'll give him a four. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna also give him a five. Uh, 30 wins, he split it on the ground between submissions and strikes. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give Fedor a five in this category just because of on the ground, he's gonna finish that fight more often than not. Fedor does not hit you when you're on the ground. He mauls you <laughs> like a bear. So yes, he is a five on his ground and pound. Um, I don't think that they're, especially back in the height of his career, there was anyone scarier to be throwing shots at you on the ground than Fedor. Now we're getting in to our athletics. This is heart conditioning, durability. Um, as much as I want to let the last few years sway me on Fedor, maybe give him a three or a four, this is Fedor in his prime. I'm, I'm gonna give him a five in this category just because based on what we sat down to talk about, I think Fedor at the peak when he fought Noguera, I feel like that was a, a five out of five athletic fighter. Drew? I'm gonna take it a step down, I'm gonna give him a four. Um, for the only reason that I give him a four is because I think as his career progressed, we noticed a little bit more with Fedor that Fedor is remarkably talented and just naturally talented. I don't think Fedor took it training-wise, especially as he's gone farther into his career, like he should have. So I'm going to give him a four on that. Jordan? Uh, I'll go ahead and give him a five on this one. Uh, the things that I have heard about Fedor have always been about his durability, um, being able to stay in a fight and um, make his opponent will under his pressure. So uh, I'll give him a five in that category. All right. Gage, take us home. I was going to do a four because he's actually I'm, – I'm, I'm going to do a five, though, now. Because okay. when I was thinking about Kevin Randleman and throwing him on his neck, and he just acts like it didn't even phase him, and he, he doesn't get tired. He's, he's pretty strong, but that's the thing, though. He's a small heavyweight. Like, if you were going to – if you were – like, an MMA coach today would probably be like, no, you're going to cut down to light heavyweight. Right, Because yeah. he fought at, what, 225 pounds? Uh, there was, was times he fought at 218, 219. Yeah. So, You'd be crazy I mean, not to fight at light heavyweight yeah. now, but – uh. Yeah, so even though he was small, he was still able to like implement his game and throw people down, so a five. So based on these criteria, uh, Fedor is ranked 86 out of 100 on the Ooh. Keep Calm scale. So that's pretty good, but this is yeah. where we're getting into. This yeah. is what we wanted to have this conversation. say Fedor's the, the GOAT? I mean, the GOAT in his prime. The only reason that I won't say Fedor is the greatest of all time is because he never made that transition to the UFC. Apples to oranges. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people on his list in that 10 years that are super impressive. There's also a lot of those guys that, I mean, they have an okay record, but they were never heard from again. Like, yeah, they're not common name. And maybe in Japan, they're they're rock stars, but over here, I the the greatest. He's the greatest fighter in the history of Japan MMA. In mm -hmm. Japanese MMA, I'll give him that. In um, in the U.S., I don't know. 
Well, you've got to take into consideration too with Fedor, in my opinion. Um, like you said, apples to oranges. The UFC's rules and pride rules drastically you different. You can soccer kick. You know, you can, you can stomp, you can soccer kick. I mean, you, there's a lot more, pride is a lot more violent if you want to get mm-hmm. to the to bare bones on it. Um, so I never got to see him transition to the American style of MMA, which is a lot of the reason I gave him a forward on the athletics is because I don't know how he would transition. Mm-hmm. Would he be better with a cage, though? Because he's a I punch fighter. And that's true. That's that, Khabib doesn't shoot takedowns in the middle of the octagon. He pushes you up against the cage. He, he fully shoots to the cage, and then he drags you down. So it could be. Kane Velasquez style. So we brought... I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, and I think that was one of the reasons I never was a true fan of Fedor, is because I always wanted to see how he would deal with the octagon and the cage mm-hmm. and you know those things. He's so. a gentleman, too. He's a silent warrior. Yeah. Doesn't talk the last him. emperor. He's, he's the man. He's legendary. Yes. Now we're going to go to pick number six. I'm going to go back to old school pride days myself. My pick at number six is Mirko Krokop in his prime. Uh, Mirko had a saying. Oh, is that is that next? That was next on Drew's list. I stole it from him. Uh, right foot, uh, right foot hospital. Left foot morgue. Yep. Um, you're not going to mess with Mirko, the most deadly left head kick in the game uh, ever. Awesome hands. Left hand, too. Yes. Um, um, and talk about streaks. Like yeah, he, I was going to say, he, his record right now is phenomenal. It's um, still great. He, yeah. he's, on a, he's on a tear right now of, of wins. So, yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah. I thought he had struggled in the UFC once he went. Once he left the UFC, he's fought outside since then. Yeah, he's been doing pretty Do well. Do those wins matter, though? Bell, Bellator, I mean, that's like that's like saying, does the pride matter? Well, Bellator heavyweights not, probably their weakest division. It probably is, but yeah, I think uh, I, I hate you for taking Mirko because that was my pick. Well, he is, he's thirty-eight and eleven. He has thirty knockout wins, yeah. four submission wins, and four decision wins. He's had two draws, one no contest, six losses via knockout. He's been submitted twice and lost by decision three times. I think he's a little bit of a striker. Ah, uh, yeah. So um, we'll go ahead. We'll start with with me because he was my pick. Uh, striking, I feel for his left foot alone, he's going to be a five for me. I think Mirko's a five. Five out of five for me, just because of his left foot alone. Then you put his other body parts in the mix. You know, he's super dangerous. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is Mirko's hands are crisp. Um, the few exchanges he's had where he's actually had to uh, utilize boxing or dirty boxing, he's actually pretty effective. If I could give him higher, I would, but I'm going to give him a five. In my opinion, Mirko is the greatest striker in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Gage? Yeah, for sure, five. I mean, just like Verdum is an obvious five in grappling, Krokop's an obvious five in striking. I will give him a five. I will say that uh, he... I find that he falls in love with what works for him. Mm-hmm. He may not be the most creative striker. Uh, he might not have the most weapons available, but he takes the weapons he has and uses them better than anybody. So. Well, you say that. there's there's a clip there's clips of him doing an axe kick in Pride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping nice. on the guy's forehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always fun. Yeah. You toss out, You toss an axe an axe kick out. That's pretty good. Um, we'll get into grappling. Gage, where do you rate his grappling skill? All right, no disrespect, guys, because it sounds like you both were excited to talk about Krokop. I don't even think he deserved to be in this conversation. He's not a top ten heavyweight of all time. 
compared to uh, heavyweights now, uh, grappling at two. Grappling at two, that's, that's why we're here. Yep. I don't think he, I think Overeem would have been a better pick than Krokop. See, and for me, and we might talk about Overeem later, Overeem's arrogance yeah. is what keeps him off my greatest of all time list. Overeem There's, believes the hype of Overeem. Yeah, it's been competitive problem. over the years against yes. different eras of fighters. Well, he has. Krokop got rocked in the Uber UFC. Ring, though? Yeah. <laughs> because that's who I'm talking yeah. I mean, well, it depends on what nickname he was using at the time. Depends on which Overeem we're talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah. Didn't Frank Lear knock out yeah. Krokop? Yeah, and yes. it's one of the worst fights in UFC uh, history. Gabriel Dubao caught him with a head kick. And a Krokop, Krokop. And it dislocated his ankle he kicked him so hard. But the reason that Krokop was going to be on my list is because I feel he is the greatest striker that has ever hit the heavyweight division. Because if you're going to put Verdum in there as the greatest submission yeah. artist and grappler. I was going to put Lester in there as the greatest wrestler. Yeah. So, so, I mean, and that's but I don't the, think he's the greatest heavyweight. Oh, no, 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 no. But I think as – Krokop, I think, kind of did the same thing that Frank Mir did for a long time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. No. So. Well, if you can't stop a left kick. Yeah. <laughs> but it was broken, the UFC, though. It, it did. Well, yeah. Because I think when people come from pride to UFC – um, I think just from what I've researched and everything, the people who fought in Pride and the people who fought in the UFC had different types of training regiments as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that I mean it's just a different environment. Maybe Fedor skates by because he didn't go to the UFC and get beat. Like, and see, and that's yeah. what I think. I he think protected his legacy. Yeah. Yep. Which they is one of the wars. greatest fights ever. Yeah. yeah. Jordan. Uh, if we're talking about grappling with Crow Cop. Um, the only thing I could look at is his takedown defense. Um, I think he was pretty good at defending the takedown. I'll give him um, a three in that category just for the takedown defense. I'm also feeling a three. I'm going to agree with you. I think uh, average to slightly above average, I think, is right where that three is when it comes like this. Five is, is like top in the field. Four is pretty close. I think three is average above average. That's where I'm gonna rank him at because of his, his, his defense. His, not a lot of Mirko's fights went to the ground very often. And if they did, it was because he, he put you on the ground. I wonder what his belt is. Keep off looking yeah, um, I'm gonna give a three on him on as well. Um, you don't see Mirko on the ground very often, so I can't really, you know, I can't really give more than a three. On the few times I've seen him on the ground, I haven't been impressed, but I haven't been not impressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just kind of. There, so yeah, three. Right. Now we're going to get into his submission game. He does have wins by submission. We have four submission wins, two submission losses. We'll go ahead and jump to Jordan on this one. Do you know what the submissions were? I can find out real quick. Uh, he lost to a scarf hold to Oleski Olenek. Olenek, yeah. Good. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. What was his submission win? Uh, I'm going to think those are rear naked choke, or he lost to Noguera via armbar. Which is no shame in that. So those are his two submission losses. Yeah, he was Noguera, twice. Those those and those are, yeah. those are legit. legit Looks like he's got a guillotine submission in there. Uh, shooting takedown. Probably. Kevin Randleman. Yeah. Yep. We were just Keep talking that about head. that over the break. <laughs> I told you. Take what did he do against Josh Barnett? Didn't they fight? Uh, I think so. He, he submitted Pat Berry. That's not necessarily not like... A peak grappling opponent, but Pat Berry, that was a good fight, though. It was a good fight. Uh, he has a arm triangle choke hmm. in his last five fights. And Man. I think he had one via, via punches. He had a submission via punches. 
Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to give him a three. I feel like he had good submission defense. I don't think Olianik or Noguera or anything to hold your head over. Um, I feel like as long as he fought in his career to only have those few submission losses, he must have been pretty good at defending himself um, when it did get out of his standing element. Um, so I'm going to give him a three in submission for defensive again. Gage? So I guess this, sorry to keep talking about the categories, but we have to specify mm -hmm. why we're doing it. I'm going to give him a one because submission defense, I guess I'm factoring more into just grappling. Mm -hmm. So for me, when you say submission, my mind, I'm going to are they a submission artist themselves? Like, so I'm saying one. Oh, that's fair. Um, I'm going to give him a two on submissions um, for the same reason. Uh, he doesn't, the few times I've seen him on ground is straight defense. Um, he's not, he doesn't really even look, sometimes I've seen doesn't even look for a submission. It's defense back to my feet. So, mm -hmm. um, but he does have, what, three submission wins? Um, his only submission losses were two studs on the ground, so I'll give him a, I'll give him a two. Yeah. I'm gonna round this out with a three. I think um, as far as ground game goes, in a world, well, a guy with almost, what, 50 fights here? True, going 52, to twice, he's, 52 yeah. fights, and I mean, one of those subs is, is Noguera. I'm gonna give him a three. He fought and beat Josh Barnett. He lost to Frank Mir, but it was via knockout. Yeah. Like, He's fought some legit, he fought Fedor and lost via decision. Yeah. He's fought some of the best submission guys in, in UFC and in Pride and MMA history. I'm gonna give him a three because I don't feel like someone that's below average submission game could even survive with Josh Barnett. With, with Josh those three Barnett. men alone. Yeah. Like those that's, three guys alone, I don't think he, he could have even survived. Now we're gonna move on to ground and pound. So Mirko is known for dropping opponents and most of his wins are TKO or KO. Um, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to give him a five in this category because he didn't play around. He finished fights when they got to the ground if he was on top. I am also going to go with a five for that reason. Um, if, if Mirko got on top of you, he wasn't looking to transition. He wanted to hurt you as quickly as possible and be done with it. So I will go with a five as well. Gage? Uh, I'm going to go with four just because I feel like, uh, yeah, he's good at it, but I just pictured Prokop as a standing knockout mm -hmm. artist. So. Just something there is keeping me from giving him a five. Okay. I'm gonna give him a five just because I think his accuracy uh, in his ground and pound, efficient with his strikes, he's not just throwing hammer fists, going crazy on top. I feel like he was really picking his shots, much like Stipe Miocic does with his ground and pound, making every shot worth it. And they're both um, from the same country too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So um, I feel like they had the same kind of ground and pound, and it's just very efficient and very deadly. So. To play devil's advocate here, though, ground and pound isn't just about striking, though. You have to have control. And being a right. good wrestler, like you could argue, that's almost more important because if you're a good striker, but you can't keep them there. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think Mark I think Coleman's right. not a good boxer, but he ground and pound is a whole is a whole different animal from striking yeah. or wrestling. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a merge right. of both. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now we go to our athletic factor, heart, durability, things of that. Gage, we'll go ahead and lead off with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many times has he been finished? Oh, I want to say he's been submitted twice and knocked out six times out of 52 matches. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, uh, most losses he has are by decision, aren't 
Uh, right? Actually, knockout. Knockout? No, he's lost three via decision. Just because we have to be strict or conservative with these uh, three. Three? That might be a little low, but yeah. Sure. I'm going to give him a four for the simple fact that he has that many fights. And, I mean, I've seen some crop fights where he's just been wrecked. And he comes back and knocks the person out out of nowhere. So, I'm going to go with a four on that. Jordan? I think I'm going to give him a four. Uh, I, I think he's always been in great shape, uh, even outside of the octagon. Uh, his other careers have kept him in very good shape, mentally tough. He's always Jack. taking care of himself. Um, I think physically, Krokop could definitely earn a four. And he's another one of those silent killers, too. Yeah, cool guy. Yeah, they say, they say he's really down to earth and stuff. But. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, we're going back to the, the Fedor conversation that we had. This is Mirko in his prime. I think Mirko in his prime went to war with both Vondelay Silva and he went to war with Fedor. That's true, yeah. He was able to not only survive, he won one of those fights, he lost one of those. They were both amazing fights. Go back and watch them. So in his prime, I'm going to give Fedor a five when it comes to durability. Crow Krokop. Krokop. I, I did give Fedor a five. That's a little hard on Crow Cop. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little rough on there. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's that you'd be mad about us and uh, Fedor. Fedor. Yeah. <laughs> we were all nice We're to Fedor. Maybe it's that. like grappling bias. I'm trying to... Well, um, even though Gage hates him, <laughs> Mirko scored 75 out of 100 on the Keep Calm scale. Right on. It's the same so, right? Yeah. Sleep, uh, their numbers are actually very similar uh, the way we did our breakdown. Um, Honestly, if you listen to Stipe talk, Krokop is a huge inspiration for him. So it, it very much makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both from Croatia. They both uh, almost look like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're very <laughs> super um, stoic in the way they approach things as well. So I think it's a, it's a very good person. All right. Now we're going to get on to our second to last pick. Pick number seven, Jordan. Right, I've been waiting for this. Uh, nobody's taken him yet, so I'm going to go with Uberim. I want to go with a primed uh, Alistair Overeem right about the time he fought Brock Lesnar. So uh, I, I'm going to go with him. I think he's one of the greats. He's one of the most well-rounded uh, submission game striking. Uh, he, he's going to be one of the most well-rounded heavyweights of all time. All right. Where do you rate his striking? Uh, striking, I think he was on a, technically on another level. Even before he gained all the weight and the power, he was an unbelievable striker as a smaller man. And then he used that when he got the strength behind it. So um, I'm going to give him a 5 out of 5 on striking. Not to, to interject here, when he was a lighter man, he was legitimately a light heavyweight. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. his power there, with the kind of power he had, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's impressive. I'm gonna give him a five. Um, I think exactly right. He, uh, if you want, go back and watch Overeem's earlier stuff, his striking was another level. Um, and you could very seldom do you see somebody cover up and take a shot, and they curl around it and wince because of the pain in it. And I mean, he he, he hits dropped people. Lesnar with yeah. a body kick. He caught him with a body liver, kick yeah. and just crumbled him. I mean, it's just it's it's a whole other level, man. Gage, what do you think? I'm going to give him a four, actually, because hasn't he been knocked out more than any other heavyweight? He's been KO. Would durability be under athletics? Yeah, but still defensive striking, though. Okay. Get, getting, getting caught, caught with yeah. the punch. But um, 
yeah, I mean, he offense struck. If it, if that was the uh, he has that's the only weakness I see. Like, is that it seems like he gets hit a lot. But maybe that's just a recency bias. I think he's know. got the mentality: take a hit, give a hit. True. Offensively, um, he's a five. Yeah, it, it's the same with Mark Hunt. They both have the philosophy: let me hit, let you hit me five times, and I'm gonna catch you once hard. So I think keep me from giving the five. Yeah. Those all the knockouts. I'm gonna go four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have his record pulled up here. Uh, he's has 65 matches. He's 46 oh and 18. Uh, he has 24 knockout wins, 14 knockout losses. Yeah, that's a lot of times to get dropped. How many still talks good in the last? Yeah, if we five look. Five to ten. When did he fight Brock Lesnar? Uh, Brock Lesnar was in December of 2011. 2011. Before that, he was on a tear. Uh, he had a rough skid in 2006 and early 2007. Was that the transition from Pride to USC? No, that was in Pride. Uh, he had Noguera, Ricardo Arona, and uh, Marcio Hua <laughs> to deal with back to back to back. Yeah, that's a, that's a trifecta there. Yeah, his only submission loss is to Fabricio Verdun, though. So, uh, 17 submission wins. Submission. 17 submission yeah. wins for this guy. Good. But while we're talking about striking, um, 2011 Overeem, if it were today's Overeem, it'd be a four. 2011 gets a five from me. Let's get to grappling. Gage, where do you rate his grappling? He's a, uh, he's a good grappler, actually. I think, I'm not going to give him a five, though, just because when you think of Overeem, I still think you think about him knocking people out. Yeah. So, uh, four. Good grappler. I mean, that's, that's fair because we gave Verdun a five. You know, like we gave guys like Verdun a five. Um, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to give him a three on his grappling and that's not he's not really known most of his submissions I feel like are, are defensive submissions and I'll double check my math on that he has a lot of guillotine wins and things like that I'm gonna give him a three on grappling um, I think he's again one of those above average grapplers but I don't see him as a grappler especially in, in the Lesnar encounter I'm gonna go with a three as well um, I think most of his grappling is defensive personally Mm-hmm. Um, not saying he's a bad grappler, but kind of like you said, it's it's based on um, when I think grappling, I think of more um, how are you moving for position and how are you, uh, uh, you know, are you attacking? Um, I don't think he does very often. I think it's defensive. Jordan, uh, I am going to give him a four. I think he's he's definitely had the time on the mat with fifty-two professional fights, um, and then he's had. Plenty of more uh, experience outside of that. Um, I think there's just he's he has takedowns in the bag. He just chooses not to use them. Uh, he'd much rather use his hands and let them go. Um, but I I just believe that he at least earns a four with as much experience um, that he has just in the all around game of him. The Rosenstruck fight, he was throwing some pretty slick like uh, like judo trips and stuff. Yeah, and I think I'm he's sure. tired of getting knocked out. I think he's like, man, yeah. like ever ever since Francis yeah. knocked him out. He and he was beating Rosenstruck with grappling, but for some reason at the end, the last thirty seconds, he stood up with him and that's when yeah. he got caught and his yeah. lip got mm-hmm. I'm sure he, he was winning that fight easy. He was taking him down, he had him in side control. That's where it goes back to I think Overeem believes the Overeem hype and yeah. he, he forgets that there's more things to do than just I think, I think he, he shoots has, takedowns more now than he ever did. I think he has a lot of sneaky throws and trips mm-hmm. in his 
back. It's too, judo. So it's not like wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's not shooting double think, legs. Yeah, no yeah. singles and doubles. I think he's going to get you in the clinch and then kind of use his mm-hmm. trips and throws. If the takedown yeah. becomes available, yeah, exactly. he'll take it. Uh, now we're going to get to his submission. He is, I mean, he has several armbar finishes, but guillotine is his specialty. Probably standing guillotines. From uh, I, I, it doesn't doesn't tell Probably. me one hundred percent, but I'm I mean, it complements striking well. Yeah. Now, well, we were just talking earlier yeah. about the about the guillotines in in martial arts. We we were we took a, a ten minute break earlier, and we were kind of talking, just hanging out about how the guillotine can feel like a myth, and it can also feel like very effective. Yeah. But yeah, it, it can. It depends who's doing it. I'd say he's an expert in the guillotine. He doesn't bust out. And this is again since the since, since he's come back to UFC, we haven't seen a lot of submissions out of him. I actually don't think. Uh, let me see here. I don't think he has a submission win in his return to the UFC. He doesn't. Uh, I'm going to give him a three. He has submissions. He just. Chooses not to use them because his stand-up is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the two, actually. And, uh, I think he's a good grappler, just not a submission artist. Because uh, In his most recent fight, Walt Harris dominating him on the ground. But he he did look for a submission. I forget what it was. Maybe he had his back, I think. Rear naked choke, and he wasn't able to finish it. And I feel like a high-level submission guy would have been able to finish that position. But he, he looked like he definitely just wanted to stay on top and ground and pound. He wasn't really looking to choke him. I'm going to go exactly with that as well. Um, I, what I've seen when he has been in a situation is he doesn't know how to finish. He didn't know how to finish anything besides a rudimentary submission. So I'm going to give him a two. Yeah. Jordan? I think he, uh, he has just enough submission ability to, be, to look really good against novice grapplers or people who don't have as much experience. But uh, when he does face higher level grapplers or people with really good submission defense, he uh, he can't seem to close the deal. So uh, I'm gonna give him about a three. I think he's just above average to look good against uh, under, uh, under, not underrated grapplers, but grapplers with less ability. Uh, he looks really good against them, but when he faces a higher level grapple and it shows. So. That's a good way to put it. There's just enough to be dangerous, yeah. but not quite the Damian Maya. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, even Steve, he was throwing yeah. up like heel hook attempts, yeah. but he wasn't finishing them. Like, I, I, I was like, I was really excited, but he just wasn't able yeah, to. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. When he goes against somebody who has a good submission game, he just can't finish. Right. Like he goes for it, he just can't close the deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you're right. All right. Ground and pound. Drew? I'm going to give him a four, man. When the ring gets on top of you and starts throwing bombs, dude, it's a scary situation. Actually, Uber ring. Yeah, Uber, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I forgot which one we were going with. <laughs> See, I'm, I've always been a fan of Dutch chocolate. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> was my favorite. Or when he came out with the hammer for a while, the big wooden hammer. That was, <laughs> that was a good run. Uh, man, he has loads of KO and TKOs. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give him a five on this one. I think if he gets you on the ground, he's gonna beat you up. Um, well, you, you even look at when he's been in the UFC, the times that he's been on top of people. It's, it's even bad. if even if he hasn't finished them, <laughs> it's been a bad deal. It hurt real bad, Jordan. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna give him a five. Uh, like we said, if you've got Uberim over top of you, if you've got Uberim in the octagon with you, you're you're gonna have a bad day, especially if you're underneath them. So I'm gonna give him a five. 
I said earlier that Cain Velasquez is about as bad as it gets to have on top of you throwing punches, but Overeem might. So he's a five as well. He might be worse even. Now we're going to come into our athletic portion of it. Um, I'm going to lead off. So if we were to make Alistair Overeem in his prime, but he retains everything that he is, his arrogance is always something that, like, Travis Brown, he got arrogant. Silva, I, he got arrogant. He, he believes he's – I'm Alistair Overeem. Yeah. I'm going to give him a three, and it's because of his, his mental, mental game. State, yeah. um, I, I love him. He's one of my favorite fighters. But when I've seen him lose fights that he should not have lost, it's almost like, oh. Yeah, with Rosenstruck, he should have just yeah. kept grappling. Yeah. Um, to throw in on that, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give him a four to interject here for one reason only. Yes, his mentality is junk, but when Overeem trains for a fight and comes ready, no one looks better or looks crisper than a prepared Uber. With the help of testosterone. And well, yeah. there's always an asterisk, but yeah. yes. It's um, been about with every heavyweight. He still looks yeah. good. That's why it's not a five. That's why it's not a five, because, but yeah, if you, I mean, if you're going on. I mean, his mentality, yeah, and that's the big thing with Overeem is his cockiness. But, I mean, when he shows up, he shows up to win. Like, it's, it's, it's a bad deal. If he, comes, if he comes in there with the intent to prove people wrong, like yeah. when, he fought, when he fought Lesnar, he came into that fight yeah. with the mentality of, oh, you think this guy's better than me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you, and that's the Overeem that I think is a four. So this category, there's a lot to t- consider. Uh, he's a big, strong guy, uh, so he has the strength. This category is more than just strength, though. And he's got a good gas tank, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really gets tired, but I think mentally he's not the strongest fighter. He makes poor decisions sometimes, I think. And uh, it seems like later in his career he's gotten more gun-shy, and I think maybe he's timid because he's been knocked out so much. He's scared to pull the trigger sometimes. And with Francis, he didn't pull the trigger in time, and he got clipped. And he gets knocked out a lot, so I'm going to give him a two, actually. Mm, rough. Yeah. Jordan, take us home. Um, so I'm looking at two big things here. I'm looking at physically his uh, physical attributes. He, or he's well over a five. He's gigantic. He's got reach. He's, you know, the, the perfect heavyweight specimen. Um, then the other side, like you guys have all been saying, is the mental ability. And every once in a while, whether it's a uh, lack of interest or a big moment fight, the pressure, whatever it is, um, he's not always the most mentally secure when he walks into the octagon. So um, I'll give him a four just because the physical attributes, especially at that time in his prime, were so gigantic. Um, But it definitely drops down to a four because of the mental ability. All right, calculated out. Alistair Overeem is a 75 out of 100 on the Keep Calm scale. Uh, this has been kind of, uh, we've got arguably three of the best strikers ever in Overeem, Miocic, and Mirko, and the, all three of those guys are 75s. So like the way it's kind of rounded out, that's, that's kind of interesting. We've got three of the best strikers ever. We have two of the best wrestlers ever. We have the, arguably the best submission fighter ever. Then we have Fedor, who was pretty good at everything. We've got one pick left. We're going to throw that over to Drew. Drew, who is the number eight pick? All right, since you stole my Miracle Crow Cop, I had to go with my number three, okay? 
Um, this is probably going to be controversial. Um, this is a very old school fighter, Dan the B7. And I'm, before anyone says anything, I'm going to read you his sheer dog. Record. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> 101 wins, 19 losses, 25 TKOs, 54 submissions, 24 decisions. Been knocked, has been TKO'd or KO'd five times, seven submissions, and seven decisions. Where are all these fights at? How do you have In the back of a bar? Um, seven <laughs> fights there for a while. Seven, seven fought every week. In what organization? In the though? back what? of a bar. Well, this is he fought before UFC took off the way it is. Yeah, it, the waters um, get kind of murky. Like, where are, the, know, are these these exaggerated numbers? Might have fought a drunk that was. He fought. He fought. Uh, I love Hicks and Gracie, but people talk about him being five hundred and oh. Well, like, no. The reason I throw seven in there is not because of his modern record, but because he was the original BA heavyweight. Oh yeah, for that time. Um, now. He's the not biggest, walking into a tournament with these guys. No, no, no. But that, I think that that's what I want to throw out there though. Is he's not a modern MMA fighter, but if you could if you could take someone with Dan, if you took Dan Severn the age he was and he trained like the guys now do, I don't think anybody really like to stop him. I really don't. Uh, well, in a peak shape, Dan Severn. Yeah. Which I don't know if we ever saw that in his. No, because career. he was he was pushing. Well, shoot, he was pushing thirty five at least when he fought in the Sorry. UFC the first time, and he still destroyed these guys that were. 2021. I don't know if he knows how to throw a jab though. Has yeah, he ever took a boxing lesson? Striking? <laughs> yeah, striking is not there, but you don't. There is nobody who has top pressure like Dan the B7. Well, we're looking at it. Let's go ahead. Let's run through a list of victories up until Forrest Griffin, because after okay. that, I don't. I yeah, Forrest recognize. Griffin is when he like he, he does have that, a victory over Forrest Griffin. So once like, he beat Forrest Griffin, he started fighting in people's yard, backyards and stuff. Uh, we have a, a victory over Tank Abbott, over Ken Shamrock. Kimbo Slice beat Tank Abbott. Yeah. Well. We're going through, I'm not seeing a lot of names that I recognize, but with the skills that he brought to the table. But if you're going to do... And then Forrest Griffin. If you're going to do based on the names that he's fought, you can't consider Khabib that much of a challenger. Because yeah. a lot of Khabib's fights are it's people no one's well, no. You're right. Before the UFC. Before no, the UFC. Like yeah. Yeah. But that's um, what I mean. Like, you can't consider by name. Um, I, I, I think Severn is, um, in my opinion... If he tr if he was allowed if you took Severn back then, and he was trained like the guys are now, like they're doing the same, yeah. I don't think he could have been beat. Well, let's go ahead. We have Dan Severn in this prime. Where do you rate his striking? Two. I'll be very honest with that. His striking wasn't there, um, and the striking he did have was not to inflict damage. It was to make you put your hands up so he could take you down. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with that too. That's where I was thinking. I don't think he was an above average striker. Mm -hmm. I think he was. Average slash below average on his striking skills, but he didn't didn't necessarily need them because of his takedown game. Jordan, uh, I'm gonna give him a one. Uh, I just one he wasn't a striker in that day and age, and then also the strikers of that day wouldn't be able to hang with the strikers today. So not being a striker in an already undeveloped striking world, I I, I don't think. He's gonna rank very high. I'll do one. 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 I don't really have a lot to say. No explanation. Yeah, just a, you watch his fights. I'm not yeah. a hater. You just I, you know I love that stuff. Yeah. Striking's not there. Uh, striking's not there. Now we we're gonna get to the grappling portion. Now I do want to point out that um, 101 wins, 
24 knockouts, 53 submissions, and 24 decisions. Uh, four knockout losses, eight submission losses, and seven decision losses. He also has seven draws on his record. Where are these fights taking place? I'm just so <laughs> so, like, he fights overseas a lot. Yeah, uh, his last what, fight. What year? Two thousand. That's his, all. The last fight was two thousand twelve too. For uh, Blue Blood MMA. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, yeah, April twenty eighth. His last fight was um, April twenty eighth, twenty twelve, in Davenport, Iowa. He went the decision, won a unanimous decision over Alex Rosman. Shout out to Alex Rosman. And uh, great MMA fan knows him. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many great MMA fans knew John Jones before he hit the UFC? Well, then we've got like uh, some King of the Cages, so that's good. Uh, Gladiator Challenge, uh, a lot of King of Cages. He's been fighting for them for a while, and I, I've King of Cage. I think has a TV show on ESPN. Yeah, they do. Right? Yeah. So I mean, he's his competition level has gone down, but for his grappling man and in his prime, I got to give him. Yeah, a, and we're a, not. And that's yeah. the thing is, like, yeah. I want to interject one thing here is. One, he fought back in 2012, okay? He probably fought some 19, 20-year-old kid. He's in his 60s, and he's still competing with these kids. So regardless of how these guys are training, mm -hmm. if you're getting schooled by a 65-year-old man and your entire job as an 18 to 22-year-old kid is to do MMA, dude's still legit. I'm going to give Dan a five in grappling. Um, he, like, I've, I've said it maybe even on this show. He's one of my bucket list guys I want to do a seminar with. He comes around the area every now and then. I want to train with him. I he feel, did one at the Armory, right? Mm -hmm. He did one at the Armory. He's uh, appeared for Coach Rob in Jefferson City a couple times. Uh, we just could never make the dates work. But It'd I mean, be awesome. I'd, I'd I, be there, I yeah. shut up and take my money. I'm ready. Yeah. Gage, where do you rate his grappling? Uh, I mean, obviously a great wrestler, but four, because I feel like he's a generic Brock Lesnar. You know, what does he do that Brock Lesnar doesn't do better? Get 101 wins. <laughs> Don't believe the numbers. In his prime, see, that's. In his prime, dude, he beat everyone. There's no big names, though. Well, Not, no names that I recognize. Go back they, to when he fought in no, no the UFC. I don't think he's top 15 greatest heavyweights ever. Well, that's what we're here to figure yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, we'll just friendly debate, yeah. Jordan. Uh, I'm going to give him. Uh, I'm gonna give him a four on his grappling ability. I think that's probably gonna be one of his highest rankings. Um, I think that's exactly what he came in and tried to do. He didn't have much other than his wrestling, uh, some catch submissions. Um, I think he knew exactly what he was trying to come in and do, and that's about what he had. So I'll give. Hoist subbed him, right? Yeah, triangle. Yeah. But that was also early. Hoist subbed everybody. Yeah, that was. I'm gonna give him a five. I'm gonna give him five. Um, he, you can't argue with the fact that uh, he competed in the era of Hoist Gracie and those guys, and still mm. held his own. Um, back when jujitsu was this mysterious, you know, no one knew what was going on. Dan Severn is there rolling on the ground with these guys and holding his own. If you go back and watch the Hoist Gracie Dan Severn fight. It's not a one-streak fight. It is a competition. Well, it took a while, fight. yeah. Yeah, it so, was uh, 15 minutes and 49 seconds yeah, with so no breaks. If it had been a modern-day rule set with the five-minute rounds, he would have beat Oyson at the same yeah, And that's what yeah. I mean. And, and I think taken him down. He would have got top position and beat him up him for up. 15 minutes. And, and I understand what you guys are saying about he can't compete with modern MMA. Modern MMA guys have seen every submission hold no demand. Yeah. Guys back then had no clue what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Even then, though, Mark Coleman beat him at his own game. 
So Mark Coleman's Coleman? a freak, though. Mark Coleman is a freak. Why is he not on this list? And Dan Severn is <laughs> because he didn't get drafted. Because he didn't get drafted. <laughs> um, I think Dan Severn, in my opinion, back then he rolled with these dudes who were mysterious, you know, masters of this craft that no one had any clue about. Jedi. And yeah. he was still right there with them. I mean, you Ken Shamrock can't even say the same with Hoist Gracie. Ken Shamrock's first fight with Hoist Gracie is not very competitive if you watch it. Dan Severn and Hoist Gracie's fight, that was a competitive fight. Well, and then we talk about legends. Um, his second fight with Ken Shamrock went to a 30-minute time limit, no breaks. So again, in the pre-modern era with breaks, like this guy is doing 30 minutes straight. Which, how many guys that are UFC fighters now could legitimately go hard for 30 minutes straight? Against other top tier like guys. Against other top tier guys. Like, cause really, I'm looking at this, and in the early days of UFC, in that um, pre like 1996, I'm thinking it's Gracie, Shamrock, and Severn, or Coleman maybe. Well, he's not. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, it was a while before Coleman. You know, did. Mark Coleman. He he didn't lose to Coleman until '97. Yeah. And that was one of his. I think it might have been his second submission loss, third submission loss ever. Uh, now we're gonna get to his submissions. Um, I'm checking this out. Uh, as you can imagine, he's a wrestler. He's a choke artist. He has 50 submissions under his belt. Um, now, what are they mostly? What, uh, mostly arm triangles, a lot of chokes, bulldog chokes, rear nakeds. Uh, he's he's a he's choke a artist. Yeah, he's yeah. A cho he chokes people. Um, the only thing, I, 50 submission wins, like should be a five for me. He didn't show. Hasn't shown a lot of versatility, and some of the names aren't necessarily there. So I'm going to drop that down to a four. I still think, like, in the, the world of MMA, in the UFC Hall of Fame, he probably has the most submission victories. I don't know where these numbers are coming from. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe him. He's probably got five, so I'm just kidding. But uh, I don't know if I believe 50-plus submissions. And if you only have a couple good submissions, I don't consider you a submission artist. Mirko Krokop has two kicks. I didn't. I don't think Krokop deserves to be on this list. I'm just, I'm just saying. Everybody says Krokop's one of the greatest strikers of all time. He's I, got three I agree strikes. with what you're saying. Yeah, he's, but uh, I guess a three if he really does have that many submissions. He's not bulldog and choking PCs or guys. <laughs> but we'll wait and see when when people get to vote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give him a three, uh, probably just to be nice, really. Um, like like Gage said, I feel like he focused on a few different chokes that he probably got really good at. Um, and in that at that time, people probably weren't very aware of how to defend them, maybe. But um, I think if you try to put any of those submission holds on anybody with a little bit of um, grappling training, submission training... He's probably not going to be able to finish as many. So um, I don't think it was a very advanced game. I'm going to give him a three just to be nice. Oh, I could bulldog choke Alex Robinson, whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Rosman, Gage is calling you out. <laughs> no, he's probably a badass. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give him a four. <laughs> um, I would give him a five, except for the the you know amount of chokes that he um, he's got key locks, triangles. Well, triangle arm, so that's my yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see a triangle choke from bottom dance. But um, I'm gonna give him a four strictly because um, I'm not basing Severn on his modern era. Yeah. I'm basing Severn on in his prime, and in his prime, he was a submission machine, man. Yeah. 
Now we go to his ground and pound, where I think most of his knockout victories are going to come from. Mostly TKO. We're looking at 24 knockout wins of Didge. Uh, three. I mean, yeah, he's a good wrestler. Get on top of you. He's got to be able to do some damage. Big, strong guy. Yeah, I'll give him a three. Uh, same thing. It's probably what he's mainly looking to do is get on top, beat you up, and then find a choke somewhere. So I think he's probably trained a lot on ground and pound. Uh, I'm going to agree with those two threes. Uh, Jordan, you literally took the words out of my mouth. He's going to... If he can finish the fight, I think he'll finish it. But I think he's he's hunt, he's obviously hunting for those submissions. Uh, he's hunting for those submissions. He knows how to set them up with his with his striking, strike to pass, pass to strike, position before submission. He knows what he's doing on that one. So I'm going to give him a three. I'm going to give him a I'll give him a four, um, strictly because his ground and pound was exactly the same as we said for other ground and pounds. He did it knowingly, it was conservative, he had precision, and he knew how to set this, this trokes up from position. Now we go into our athletic. Um, for this one, I'm really looking at his, his decisions. He has what is that, 31 decisions? And if, if we count the draws, he's went the distance almost 40 times in his career. So that's, he has a gas tank, he's got heart. Uh, he's still fighting. He wanted to get to 101 wins before he retired. <laughs> so, I mean, he's still out there fighting. Uh, uh, in 2012, he was still taking fights. At is that 60, the most recent fight? Yeah. yeah. 65 I mean, years, years ago. I mean, yeah, still. Well, his first fight, pretty though, recent, though. Yeah, but like, if you look at his first fight. 1990. 1994. Yeah. So that's a... So he wasn't in UFC 1. He was in UFC 2. Then. 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, just he went the distance almost 40 times. Tough dude. I'm, I'm going to give him a four. Just if I knew nothing about Dan Severn except that he's gone the distance that many times. And multiple of them are 15 plus minutes. Well, matches. and you could, with this record, this could be someone's record is 24 and 7. Like that could just be an average fighter's record. Like that's a really good fighter. <laughs> that's, a, that's an excellent record for a fighter. So if we just look at his, his decision record, I mean, it's like, it's like Brett Favre's fourth quarter stats. If you've ever seen... That, like, Brett Favre's fourth quarter stats, like, these rookie QBs would die for that, for those stats at the end of their career. Gage? Uh, three for toughness, but, like, he's not a physical specimen. I mean, I think him and Mark Coleman were both on the same level skill-wise, but Coleman was just the, the more physical specimen, mm -hmm. stronger guy. That's why he was able to implement his game. So, I, I think Severn, yeah, just, I don't know. I'll give him a three. I think he was a strong guy, durable, uh, had been through a lot of wars. Uh, he had cardio to go for um, really long, extended matches without rounds in the middle of them. Um, so I'm going to give him a three just, just based on his physical ability. All right. Well, based on these totals, Dan Severn clocks in at our lowest rated fighter, but still he's at 64 out of 100 on the keep calm scale. And that's uh, with not being a model martial artist. I just want to throw that out there. What's that? He's not a modern martial artist. No, he's not. Not, not modern at all. He's yeah, as so. old school, almost as old school as it yeah, gets. So. Um, so we've got Dan Severn. We've got our eight fighters. Be looking out for brackets coming in the next, you know, 10 to 24 hours. Uh, Keep calm jujitsu. Have a great day.